Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the 24th of January, 2023. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are back. I didn't miss a beat. Heard you talking about me on No Agenda, by the way. About what? About my little ailment. Oh, yeah. Adam brought it up. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, how are you doing? How's your week? How's things? Uh, good. Everything's good. You're over your little uh, conf- uh, little uh, bout. Yeah, I had uh, – that was – the spike was too, on air was the spike. This is actually the second time that's happened. Now they think about the the first time I had you must COVID. must hate doing the show. It's all psychological. It Maybe. It, maybe I get to sick from you it. You, did, you, got the, you, you caught the coof because you didn't want to go to the wedding. Yes. Oh. So you're geared up to get it. And you, then you don't like the show. <laughs> so bad. Actually, you know what I think I caught it? You want to hear this is terrible, what I'm going to say. You, you may or may not appreciate this. The week before. The weekend before, I had a major dinner party at my house. You know me with my dinner parties, right? Oh, yeah. You so like we, to cook. Yeah, and we, loved, we had a bit of theme. So we did an – I did an Asian night. We started out with all sorts of Japanese whiskeys. I think I told you about these crazy things. So we had make your own Thai summer rolls. I made this casserole in this clay pot and uh, stir fry. And we had a – well, to get Body all the control. ingredients for this stuff, yeah. I went to some very obscure Asian markets. Just saying. So you think you got it from an ingredient? No, not from an ingredient, but from going to the Asian market. Oh, eh, maybe. I'm just saying. You have a lot of them out there. We don't have that many. We have two or three. We have a kimchi mart here. Which we have towns. Yeah, I know, right? That's not like here. <laughs> towns <laughs> of Asian markets. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same thing here. Here, here it is. Um, there's a couple here and there, but you need to know where to go. You need to know yeah. you know what place to, to, to really you know, head out to. So... Uh, there was a lot of people with a lot of masks there, and who knows where they came from, when they came from. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it just, could be. Just related. All right, the warm-up. Uh, Mondays and Fridays seem to be the day to, to, to invest. Fridays, everybody gets all jacked up, uh, which is so weird because I've been doing this a long time, and Fridays are always like the, the day of, well, maybe I'm not going to put my money to work over the weekend. Who the hell knows what can happen? But these days, everybody's all jacked up about Fridays. Then they come in, they're like, well, Friday wasn't so bad, so let's invest on Monday. And then uh, seemingly the rest of the week uh, comes in. We have some earnings. We'll talk about that. Um, We have the uh, biggest trade ever that was released this week, bigger than the big short, Michael Burry's big move, and Paulson, you know, the big Paulson short that he did on the housing market back a few years ago. Bigger than that was the take on last year's biggest ever profit on a market. We got big firings, layoffs, staff reductions, which is now, by the way, the new, the new good news. And I've seen this, I've seen this movie before. This is textbook. This is textbook into a slowing down of economic activity where those that are looking for a silver lining with Anything, any kind of still any anything that would maybe even remotely resemble a silver lining, they're looking for something and they're finding it now in the fact that, oh, wow, you know, companies are really come to their senses. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna really watch their <laughs> bottom lines. And you know, finally, all this this rampant spending that was going on over the years. So they rationalize this whole idea that all these layoffs are really companies coming into economic and fiscal restraint. And that's a good thing. Well, come, you can you can find a, a, a silver lining in anything. I suppose we, we're both married, so you know we had to find some somewhere along the line. How many years have you been married now? Uh, thirty-five, I think, something like that. Thirty-five. Wow. Uh, and uh, I'm thirty at least. I don't know. Maybe not thirty-five. Thirty between thirty and thirty-five. I, I don't. I always count I, for my oldest. As a kid. husband married more than twenty years, you can't remember. Right. Right. Exactly. You don't want to remember. so uh i'm starting to get the feeling the little just an inkling that we are all going to be obsolete soon 
between this replaced by AI. Exactly. Between well, the robots that are there, right? We have the robots that are replacing us, and we knew that was an issue for years. We knew technology and all sorts of listen, there are jobs that are just no longer. Do you remember working in an office sometime in your lifetime? And there was the whole bank of switchboard operators. I was a switchboard operator for a while when I was at Barrington Hall and at Cal, which was a co-op. Um, and it, it when you stated when your dorm was a co-op, which this one was because it was half the price, you had to do some one. You had to work once a week, and uh, my job was the switchboard operator. Did you? So have- I actually I ran I operated a PBX. I know how to do it. And when you say PBX, did you have? It wasn't the. Uh, the, oh the, yeah, it was the headset with the yep. one ear with that microphone with the it's like a round half moon. Yep, and a bunch of plugs. A bunch of pl- oh, you pulled the plug and you put one second, please, one moment, please. You can connect yep. multiple people and then you take it back and old, they'd all retract. This old, this old dorm was so oh, old so it cool. had an old PBX in it, that and was it so was cool. like you had to work if people had to work it. So someone would say, "Yeah, I'd like to talk to so and so." Okay, he's in room two thirty three, and you pull the plug and you stick it in there. And then push the button to ring his phone. <laughs> but when they hung up, you had to find, no, they hung up and you had to un, unconnect them, disconnect them. You had to pull I guess. It out. I don't, yeah, maybe a little light wrote. I, that part I don't remember. It was so long ago. But I think there was, I think maybe a light lit up when they hung up and you pulled the plug and you, the, the thing slide back into the. Right. It would be slide. like a retractable on these, uh, with like, like. Yeah, it gets sucked right back down there. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Well, AI is, is some of the news. We'll talk about that tonight. So. A quick check on the market. We had some big action. Not much change. Last week, the markets were actually down for the most part until Friday, and things uh, popped up a little bit. We still saw the S&P down for the week, um, but really no difference in the levels from last week at this time to pretty much this week at this time with all this action going on. And we have a lot of talk about, of course, the the debt ceiling, uh, which is the next screw-up for this administration on top of all the other screw-ups, which is going to be a big push and pull for no reason. We'll have all this 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 hysteria about that we're going to default on our debt, you know, the whole, the whole line, right? You know, the Republicans are going to come out and talk about how we're going to default on our debt. The Democrats are going to say, no, the Republicans are not going to do this and they're not going to help us with this. So therefore it's going to create major chaos in the world. The dollar is going to move around. You know, they're going to have the rating agency say, you know, if they, yeah. you know, depending how You've long this goes. this a dozen times. Oh, so it's this boring. is boring. It is. It was interesting. The first few times were exciting. And for those people out there that will be, Joining us for this edition of The Debt Ceiling, it's a fun time to watch. It's 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 nerve-wracking, and you wonder, oh, my gosh. Is, is it a- really nerve-wracking? No, no, they're going to think it is. Because a couple of times they've actually shut the government down for a couple Trump, of days. Trump shut recall. it down. Yeah. And then what they happened? Shut it down. And then they shut it down. Here's the, th- the thing that's funny. So they shut it down, and they lay off, you know, like the park service. Everybody has to go home. And then they bring them back like a week later or a few days later, however long it is. And then they give them all their back pay. It's like a free vacation. Yeah. They close the parks. Oh, my God. The national parks are closing for a week. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So don't worry about it. Uh, Eventually, they'll figure it out. Now, there's some creative ways they're already coming up with to solve this problem, which is actually a bigger problem. So that's interesting. Uh, activists are getting busy, which is always an interesting time that they are finding that they can go after a company that maybe is in a weakened state. For example, Elliott Management is in on a big name. And that name probably, uh, you know, a few years ago, you wouldn't be able to get in there. You wouldn't be able to weasel your way inside to try to make a play. So they don't come from strength, these activists, which they, they shouldn't. They should be coming from a, from a, from the, from an aspect of, weakness where they can hopefully fix it and do something to create more value to the company and therefore obviously you know make a bundle on the deal for everybody so who are they in on uh, salesforce multi-billion salesforce. dollar investment yep multi-billion dollar investment there's a second name in on salesforce too now so they're starting to attack you know the uh, the raiders at the, uh, at the at the at the front of the gate interesting uh, Europe is in play again all of a sudden. Everybody threw them out and said, you know what, the hell with them. I have some really cool charts to look at that will, I think you'll be pretty surprised about uh, with regard to performance of Europe and what's going on there and some of the 
commentary about the outlook, which changed dramatically. Because I thought there's still a war going on there. I thought there's still an energy problem over there. But apparently not. Things yeah. are different. Things are changing. Uh, question for you, and maybe the uh, the chat room, which I think is open now. Can somebody in the chat room say hello? Chat back, and just because I'd like to get your input on this. We need a new close to the pin stock for 2023. Let's use let's for for the yeah the month you mean? Yeah, for, yeah, right, right, of the year. Mm -hmm. Let's use Salesforce. Well, there you go. We could. That's easy enough, right? CRM yeah, go any which way. Or CTP. Okay. Okay, so we'll use that for the next one, and we'll have that up, I guess, by next week or in a couple of days. All right, we have a COVID update from China. Uh, the possibility of a big COVID-19 rebound in China over the next two or three months is, re is remote, they're saying, because about 80% of the population has been infected. This yeah, is a I've heard this, too. Huh? Yeah, I've heard this, too. This, this. this is from a prominent government scientist. Now, I don't know... If that prominent government scientist is a Chinese official government scientist, or if it's somebody else from somewhere else, well, they weren't clear about this discussion. Do you think it's possible in a month that eighty percent of the population got infected? I think they've been infected a lot of them all along, or just, I don't know. It, it's just going to have to play out. We'll find out after the New Year's uh, travel. Do, do we have any? Do you from from No Agenda? By the way, No Agenda with Adam Curry and. John C. Dvorak on Thursdays and Sundays, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. They're live, but of course you can go to your favorite podcast app or repository or yeah, noagendashow.com. Yeah. Now, do you have a working theory on why China just gave up on the COVID lockdowns? Yeah. Oh, can I hear it, please? Oh, you haven't been listening to the show. I, I'd like to hear it so that our show. The, work, the working theory is that. The Chinese have kept a lot of the old, the old, old CCP members alive through transplants stolen from Uyghurs and Falun Gong. And this is a fairly well-documented situation. So they've all been, all these old timers in the 90s and some in 100 years old centenarians, old CCP guys. And there's one or two of them in particular they've tried to keep alive like this. They're hoping to keep get them to 150, actually. There's been talk about that. But because of the nature of a, a transplant, some have had more than one transplant. They've had two or three. The nature of the transplants requires getting medication that are immune suppressants. Okay. That leaves them wide open for a COVID, bad COVID experience. And so they've locked down the country to keep them safe. So these are and like the oligarchs, equivalent of oligarchs of China. Yeah. They might as well be in a like a, a, a sealed container. But because of a couple of outbreaks that took place in some of the hospitals where they've been keeping some of these guys, it's quite likely that some of the ones they've been trying to protect the most are dead. And so hell with it. We don't need this anymore. So they've gone to normality. Huh. It's a pretty wild theory, but it does explain a lot. Well, first of all, it is a wild theory. Second of all, if it is true that means they have the technology to keep us alive a lot longer well the technology is no technology it's just transplanting get failed organs ah uh, so you got heart transplant well, well, we can do that too you can keep people alive a little longer but they're you know after you transplant two or three of their organs i mean you know there's just pretty much hanging on why don't you just do what they did like in sleeper just keep like the nose alive <laughs> you know? Yeah, just just take keeping the noses. <laughs> <laughs> they got like a a room full of noses of all the different various major heads of state. There's Mao Zedong. There's uh, you know Xi Jinping. There's you know, all the noses that are just hanging on. Oh. All right, Europe. Target prices are raised in Europe. Warmer temperatures as well as well filled gas storage facilities means there's less concern about power shortages and sky-high energy bills. We talked about this last week, and I have a couple more charts, but natural gas prices have plummeted, just absolutely plummeted. Yeah, I've noticed. Now, gas prices at the pump have gone up again. Oil prices are going up again. That's that's a much different situation. It's two things. Number one, it's the lack of concern of uh, economic slowdown in Europe, and that's met with the excitement over the China reopening, and the China reopening is, um, 
you know, said to be something where people, of course, are traveling, moving around, doing their thing. And that's going to be a lot more energy, a lot more energy is required, particularly in the, in the form of gasoline, airplane fuel, et cetera. So JP Morgan has raised its forecast for the Eurozone's first, qu first quarter economic growth to 1%, which is not a lot, but from a contraction of a half a percent. Goldman upgraded as well. Dollar inflows, the net inflows to European equity funds last week was positive, first time in a year. So people are getting a little bit warmer to the idea that maybe Europe's not going to fall apart. And in terms of valuation, European blue chips are trading at a multiple of around 13. Now, that's really interesting because here in the U.S., depending on what you look at forward or, or um, you know, past, uh, uh, you look at the trailing or forward, the P <coughs> ratio is somewhere around uh, 17 and a half to 20. So much better deal. And if, in fact, it's not going to be a total collapse, they're saying, well, the good news is let's get in on this because we have such a better P.E. ratio, a lot more upside potential, better valuation. It's on sale. On sale. At, best now, price. Now, yeah. I will tell you, as, as a disclosure, we've been adding non-U.S. and continuing to beef up positions in non-U.S. over the last six months. And that's paid off really well. Check this out. Um, first chart. It says Euro stocks. Yeah, looking at it now. Uh, do I do this? Or do I do this? Copy image link. Let me do that. Put that in the chat room so they can see it. Yeah. So these are all these uh, charts are on the uh, the show notes for episode number six thirty nine over at dhunplug.com. So what this is showing us is what the red line and the orange line on the top there, right? And the mm -hmm. bottom is the differential, I believe, um, and the economic surprise index. So let's start with the bottom. The bottom is the economic surprise index, it says how much better the economics are compared to what economists have been forecasting. So economists have been obviously very glum. And what's happened is that we've seen the continuation from October 2022 through now, January, where economic numbers have come in far better than estimates. Far better. And uh, what has happened and as a result of this is our top line which is the S&P 500 performance from September of 2022 all the way through today. And that compares, uh, it's about flat, whereas European stocks, the Euro stock index, the 50 is up 17%. Yeah, big difference. That's a big difference. They started the same exact point. Yeah, and that's in September when it, you know, everybody thought the, the, the sky was falling, things were over, it's done, there's a war. I mean, all the things we know about. Now, the next chart... Is, I wonder how many people who think war is a good money-making idea uh, have look at this chart and go, yeah, of course there's a war going on. That's why it's gone up. But but the problem is Europe's not really – well, you're, mm, I don't know how many of those Eurostox 50 are really – they don't really – I mean, Europe doesn't have major – they have a couple of defense operators. And Ooh, because the war is Panzer, close to them those, – Those Panther tanks or whatever tank they're talking about. The poodle tank, whatever it's called, uh, German tank. Who makes that? It's not made here. Well, it's obvious. There's a Polish one, right? And there's a German one. Well, I think they're both the same tank. Oh. Hmm. It's like it's like when um, it was like Pontiac, and remember there was two different brands. They had the same cars. They just called them something different. The, like the Chevy Chevette and the and the T one thousand. Oh, yeah. Well, that that happens every now and again. Yeah, let's put the same thing on the uh, on the on the on the chassis. But um, but what's interesting here is again that that the 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 divergence recently is pretty substantial, and um, as a matter of fact, Europe actually outperformed U.S. in two thousand twenty two. So that's something also. Now here's uh, Europe. Uh, the euro, euro strengthening, it, it dipped to its lowest at, uh, we'll call it September, mid-September of 2000 and um, 2022. It hit parity. It started going lower than parity. Remember that? It was going to break, it broke the, the $1. Uh, yeah. It's 8% higher. That's the it kept going. 8% higher. And uh, the, the significance on the bottom also is that we saw a, um, you know, a big move, um, that the correlation with gases 
uh, it's a different chart range on the bottom. But on the bottom is um, we have the most most negative correlation of uh, of um, gas prices to the euro, which is pretty fascinating. Also, that started in two thousand and twenty two. So so there's this this thing going on there that is very interesting. That the pricing of fuel has come down so dramatically, even though it skyrocketed for a while, and that you know uh, there's a discount on their on on their stocks and their euro is coming up. If, in fact, you add the 8% on top of the performance of the Euro stock index, if you think about that, that's pretty good if you're a U.S. investor. Yes. So there's that. And finally, this is the last piece of the puzzle. But the euro still not as high as it was back in the day. Yeah, definitely not. This is a Eurozone in Japan, but I really wanted to focus in on Eurozone here. If you look across from the Eurozone back to February of 2022, it was in growth mode. Above 50 is uh, considered expansion and, and below 50 is contraction. So look at the Eurozone. You take down about one, two, six points there. This table shows Eurozone was at 55.5 in February 2022, about a year ago. And then slowly but surely it started to, you know, just hang around and slip. By July, when things were like getting hysterical with the fact that, oh, my God, you know, we're in for not only uh, an oil shortage, a cold winter and all this, but my God, they may invade us somehow. And who knows the involvement of Europe and, you know, the whole thing. Right. So July, we saw this contraction and that was a lot of different reasons going on. We saw contraction, um, you know, here as well. Same timing. It was in July. Everything started to really the shit hit the fan in July. But the Eurozone was uh, in contraction. But the Eurozone right now is an expansion again. So is Japan. The only major company country here, UK, Australia, France, Germany, um, well, Germany's part of the Eurozone, but um, Japan and the US are, are um, we're, we're laggard. Japan is back into expansion, and the US probably not, because we know that December was not 45. Not those numbers. Hmm? Not, not going in with 45. Right, yeah. No so, way. I don't know, kind of an interesting thing that I know that, I'm not trying to be all, you know, bullish on this whole Europe thing, but. Well, you are. Like, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really still concerned. I'm not that, trying to be, but I am. I'm more bewildered about this than anything else. And it paints a, a, a really good picture to take a lesson from. And that is that sometimes you have to follow the trend rather than just the data. Because the markets oftentimes are a forward discounting mechanism, which goes out, they say six months. And I've seen this before. We know when hell and damnation are coming, that's when usually things all of a sudden turn up for one reason or the other. It could be because of stimulus and easy monetary policy or because it's just, everybody's exhausted already from the anticipation of what's happening. There's just nothing left to sell. And that could be going on there. Yeah, well, something's amiss. We're not going to get good numbers, it looks like. I don't think so. We have some numbers with uh, Microsoft after the close today. I'll talk about that. Uh, I think that's interesting. The big play of the year, the congratulations, the, 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 the Oscar for the best trade of the year last year goes to Ken Griffith Citadel. Now, one of the things that's really nice, if you know what's happening before it happens, you could probably do pretty well with it, right? Yes, that tends to be true. If you know who's going to win the horse race, I'm thinking that, you could probably place a sizable bet on it and you'll know it's going to happen and you'll do well. So he churned out a record $16 billion in profits for clients last year, which outperformed the rest of the, the industry by a long shot and one of history's most successful financial plays. Now, different than what he did where Paulson bet on a single bet that the housing market is going to collapse and you know did all sorts of uh, credit default swaps and, and, and shorting, he did it across multiple sectors. Obviously, he had to do some shorts in this area, right? Couldn't do it with just longs. Somebody analyzed this to any extreme? Well, it's a bit of a, a private situation, but he does send out letters. Somebody and, and knows. And he can look at holdings. But the fact is that he is well known for having a so did, high Griffin trading. you're talking about, not Paulson. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about uh, Griffin. So he, he actually moved to Miami. He's down here now. I thought I saw. Oh, you should go drop by. I thought I saw him one day, but it just something was not exactly right with his look, and I felt weird about going over to saying hello to him because he was well a young girl, and if it was him, then it was going to be a problem because it was some young girl. You say a, what, a dumb young but girl. You didn't want to interrupt him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You should have gone up to the young girl and say, "Betsy, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be at home." <laughs> yeah. 
So the, it was the, the largest annual return for a hedge fund manager, surpassing the $15 billion that John Paulson generated in 2007. Pretty good. So congratulations. So as we talked about, we have activists at the gate. We talked about Salesforce. Uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're probably going to look to help Salesforce eliminate, well, create efficiencies, which is code for jobs cuts and expense cutting. Jobs cuts, yeah. And maybe even um, shedding some of the low-margin business. Now, what about, for example, the, the money loss on Slack? You know, Salesforce bought Slack a few years ago for billions yeah, of dollars. Which is a mystery, but they did some other stuff like this. Slack's yeah. only one of many. Mm -hmm. but yeah, they bought stuff, folded some things in, like the Tableau. They took a big loss in their Tableau, I believe, uh, deal. That was a, uh, a data analytics uh, fold in and uh, stock closed up 3% on Monday. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Probably not going to do as well. Um, but then we have also regulators on the gate at the gate. And this is something that um, you, I think wanted to talk about the department of justice in several States filed a lawsuit against Google saying that they uh, illegally monopolized the market. Duh. <laughs> right. You it's know, kind of funny. I find it somewhat ironic that the Democrats in, in power are going after Google, who helped them get in power. So, uh, well, that would make total sense of, because they're just stupid. Honestly, this this administration, this this entire grouping of leaders right now, I, I just cannot find somebody I can really point at and say, "Oh, no, yeah, wow, yeah, good." They're just everybody's just. They're, they're, I don't know what they're after. I think they're just incompetent. Well, clearly. What they're after is they're, you know, keeping their jobs and playing, you know, playing politician. They're just like a just like a bunch of kids. It's weird. So what do you think about this? I mean, do you think this this is not the first time the EU has gone after the various Yeah, it's the first time we have. I mean, we've always let Google kind of slide. They have a pretty good reason for being the way they are. But uh it's been always somewhat, I think it's been annoying to investors how they, what, you know, the, the black box that they have operating there and why, why, how they charge for their advertising and the auction system they employ. And it's, it, it could be rigged, could be, they may be rigging things. Somebody might, somebody maybe that's in, somehow attached to the government has gotten to a beef with Google. And uh, I, I, this is kind of, a mystery to me how this is why this is going on but it could result in some it's going to be a headache for google because in the eu case they just wrote a check and said okay here you go and they kept doing what they're doing but this is not going to be as simple the question i have is you have a private company that has a very big presence because of uh the product that is for whatever reason one thing or another was chosen as the product to be used right I, I, it wasn't like anybody forced me to use Google. I could use Bing, but for whatever reason, I don't. I could use, you know, the old, what was the old ones? Dogpile, Lycos, things. They, well, oh. Duck, Duck Go is, is, is decent. Okay. Duck, Duck Go, because they don't look over your shoulder and it's more private. Yeah, and, but it's basically Google. Right, right. So you have all these various search engines out there, but we choose for whatever reason to use Google because they're fast, efficient, and all that. We get basically what we want. And... For the most part, if you know how to use the internet, you know how to get yourself around those sponsored ads, ads versus those not. So they're making money by offering, by the way, a free service, just to be clear, a free service to search for something that you want. And they offer a free email system. Yes, and they have all sorts of other free things, but you can have to pay for certain things if you run out of space and if you want to upgrade, right? I mean, there's all sorts of the whole. The whole Google is a free Microsoft Office it's PowerPoint. That, right, there's that too. Yeah. Yes, that's a free. It's full free, right? Now, yeah. if they're Ducks. and and you have to look at their 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 you know their EULA and uh, what they're doing with the information. But I don't understand how that can be converted to. Um, I mean, you could, if you take I don't onerous know. monopoly power is the words you're looking for. How can that be converted into onerous yeah. monopoly power? Well, how is that? I don't know. The uh, public citizen said nowhere in big tech's monopoly power more apparent than in Google's domination 
of the digital advertising market. One company cannot be permitted to control every layer of the market that, for better or worse, is the lifeblood of online commerce for our digital lives. The justice, only the government can do that, by the way. The Justice Department is continuing its <laughs> right, right? Yeah. The they Justice can do it fine. Yeah, we know you want to travel on this road, you got to pay a toll. Why? I don't know, because I told you you have to. Why? Because you do. I don't want to. Well, you have to. Okay, well, that's because the government says you do. But, you know, if you had to pay a toll on the internet because you go through somebody's company, you know, you, you utilize, because you're going through, um, some kind of name server service to pay it. You know, you have to pay for that. No, no, no good. No good. The Justice Department is continuing its strong trend under AAG Cantor of taking on monopolies rather than negotiating with them. Yeah. Forget hearing their side of the story. Yes. Yep. Uh, we have a green light for firing Wayfair recent news of layoffs and already negative profits. Uh, losses. The, if you look at this, the financials on this company, it's the miserable. At, at the, that's at best, miserable at best. Uh, but company's up twenty six percent after being double what is upgraded. What's the biggest appeal of Wayfair? It's the what? What's the appeal? Uh, cheap furniture delivered to you, and pretty much. Well, you want my opinion? You want my take? Yeah, I want your opinion. Okay. I'm asking you. Cheap furniture, which often comes in broken. Or something wrong with it, and you call them, and you say it doesn't, it's not right, and they'll either say keep it, don't worry about it, we'll refund the money, or they'll send you another one. So now instead of two mirrors, you got four mirrors. Seriously. Well, that sounds I, I, like a good deal. I have not. Uh, during COVID, I ordered a few things from Wayfair. Now, small things, I must tell you, okay. But I, the mirrors are true. We ordered two mirrors for the house. These long, uh, large. Mirrors, maybe, I don't know, six feet by three feet to put on the wall, two different walls. So we have these big mirrors on there with this wood accent on it. They were warped slightly. My wife calls up. He says, look, these mirrors, uh, no good. So we were putting them horizontally, if you can imagine that, right? Lengthwise? Yeah, yeah. It's like you would have in a French restaurant. Yeah. So they sent us two more. So we put them vertical, and now we got four across the room. <laughs> Seriously. I can tell well, you about a sounds, chair, a thousand dollar chair they sent me. They never sent me a bill ever. Don't even ask. I don't know how. It sounds like a money laundering operation. I, I don't understand. I bought all these little um, fake succulents for my office. You know, those little cute little succulents and little clay pots. Yeah, but they're fake. Yeah. Yeah, little ones, right? Well, what's the difference between a fake succulent and a real succulent? They don't. Yeah, they, they act about the same. <laughs> pretty much, right? You don't have to water them. They don't need light. What's the difference? So I bought like I don't know six. Nothing major, maybe three inch by diameter, uh, you know, to put around on desks and things. They all, all came in broken. Huh. They, so they, they just didn't charge me. Now, I do not necessarily go and try to um, go and do this. This is not like I'm intent. You know what? I'd like to get some free stuff. I'm going to Wayfair. That's not what I intend to do. But I stopped but buying. By happenstance, you ended up doing it. Yeah, well, but I, but I tell you, I don't buy from them anymore. I won't buy from them anymore. It's ridiculous. Hmm. It's so annoying. Everything comes from China. Everything is packaged poorly. Everything is broken. I bought a plant. It was like out of the, you know, one of the fake, another little fake floor plant. It was just ruined. It was just disgusting. It was like this hay strewn all over the box, and the thing was cracked. Terrible. I can tell you a lot of people have the same situation. That goes on there. It sounds like it. Now I know. Yeah. Um, but when the shorts are in there, and we have heavy shorts, about a 33% short interest on it, and you have an upgrade due to the fact that, hey, wow, you know, once again, good news, they're really watching their bottom line now, and they're laying off all these people. Well, 26% jump. There's about 50% on a two-day major bender for this stock. Nice. Yep. The Wall Street firm uh, side of improvement marketing share trends and better grasp on spending from management. Now we saw the same thing with other companies. Once the first penguin jumped into the water and decided to fire, and then the reaction by Wall Street was like, yes, well done, well done. You know, thank you so much. It's now, a, you know, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, everybody's firing. It's not going to stop there. Mm. So... Uh, let's get down to the earnings, I think, and then we'll pop back up to this uh, chat GBT thing. 
Uh, Netflix was still being bought, stock up about 100% from the lows on hopes that they'll once again, I think, get back to uh, all-time highs and all to the all-time highs not only in price but in the pandemic subscribers, which I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Microsoft came out with slightly better than expected earnings this evening, actually. Stock was about 4% on that. And one of the things about that is that um, there was an expectation for Azure to come in a little bit, about 37% growth, it came in 38th, and you got constant currency, and some other numbers on the EPS were, you know, right in line. So there was a better than feared situation that happened there. However, I listened to the entire conference call this evening. Um, what was interesting about was that, you know, they do the usual uh, basic stuff and things and talking about this. Then, then Nadella got on, you know, the CEO, he gets on and boy, this guy, seriously, it was like the greatest company that does everything right all the time. This guy was pounding every single division and product as one of the best things that ever happened and how the performance and the, the execution and what they did just, you know, far exceeded and was better than this. And when they're gaining market share, it was unbelievable. It was, I mean, this guy was pitching hard, which at that point, the stock is up 4%, 4.5%. And I'm starting to think, God, you know, he who protests too much, this is a lot. Why is he... What is he doing? Why is he, you know, softening yeah. everybody What's up? What's wrong with this picture? It was hardcore. I mean, seriously, it was hard. You, well, gotta, you know, then again, mm. I mean, he's culturally an Indian. Oh. Brahmin. And? I, and they, uh, a lot of the, there's a, there's a, a lot of them are sales guys, natural sales guys in a guru kind of sense. You know, these swami kind of guys that <laughs> go out there and sell their I bits. I can't believe you're saying that. Yeah. I think he's one of them. What I'd like to he's know a, is what's he's, a, he's a, the Microsoft. So new, 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 new title: the Swami of Microsoft. The Swami, yeah. And I would like to get there's. I I know there's a word for this amongst the Indians themselves. Oh, uh, it's and I would equate it with, with a term I like to use on No Agenda, which is shuck and jive artist, which is something that was really popularized in the '60s. Shuck and jive. And, Give me an example of that. Oh, shuck and jive artists. Well, I think uh, Al Sharpton's like one of them. I see, definitely, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, like uh, uh, what's Robert? Uh, what was the other guy's name? That we all the all the all the evangelicals. Yeah, that type, and they're just you know they're basically in sales pitch mode of sorts. But it's it's bullshit. They're bullshitters, which would be the more common term for it. But I but I like to focus with the cultural terminologies and i would like to know what it is for an indian like this well swami i think is good you know uh, swami's uh, funny yes yeah, sw <laughs> <laughs> the, the chief swami uh chief swami officer anyway well I'm, I'm convinced there's a term for this all right well if anybody knows that please write john not me uh <laughs> <laughs> i'll get a little hate on that one yeah, but, yeah. You know. uh so um so here's what happened so the guidance comes out. And I got to tell you something. The guidance was intense. I've listened to these conference calls. They're usually pretty intense, but it just seemed even more intense going through every single sector, LinkedIn and, you know, going through, you know, office and 365 and going through the, the Azores or this. I mean, it just went on and on and on. And, uh, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit lower and, you know, 38%. But if we did a, a increase of that, we do, you know, our, the, 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 about 40% drop by the way in office overall due to, lower PC sales. So that's a big issue. And then the stock I'd is say. doing okay. The stock is doing 3.5%, 3%. And then like the last seconds of the prepared remarks, they kind of throw out some of the outlook, which is like, oh, not so good. You know, not, not nothing good there. Stock is now, I don't know, flat to up half a percent. Now, this is, by the way, the, the NASDAQ was up about three quarters of a percent, the futures, with this news. Amazon was up because of the um, AWS linkage, theoretically, with, you know, if they're doing well, that we're doing well. Microsoft closed down 1% uh, at, the, at, at the close of after hours. So that's at 8 o'clock. So hmm. uh, futures that I saw last, maybe we can take a look really quickly. Futures I saw last were down 75 on the NASDAQ. Or so now they're down 90 
So they're down about three quarters of a percent. That's a one and a half percent swing to the negative side. So, yeah, well, thank you, Microsoft. Yep. Uh, so thank you, Oswami, you're supposed to say. Oswami. <laughs> yeah. Um, IBM, Lamb Research, Tesla, ServiceNow, Mac, Microsoft, Chevron, and a bunch more. About 40% of the S&P is going to be providing their numbers this week and just part of next, but mostly this week. <clears throat> so a lot happening this week. All right. So the question that we started at the beginning is, are we obsolete? ChatGPT is going premium. They're now doing $42 a month. By the way, Microsoft also announced that they're putting in little billions into it for another round of fundraising. Um, they announced this Monday, a multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment with this. And I've had some conversations with people that work at Microsoft and some of the integration that could be coming like uh, AI help inside of, let's say, Excel. Like, Take the information in these rows and please do a pivot table looking at these two items, you know, these two uh, markers. And that would be nice. Yeah, I'd like to do, I'd like to find all the times that in this table, um, you know, it has a number greater than one. And if it does, you know, say this, so like a vertical or an AV lookup, an H lookup, something like that, or, or, you know, something of that nature. If they could get that to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they get it work. It, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. I mean, that's not that hard to do. Well, but a couple of things that were, easy. here's the problems. Uh, just this week, two pieces of news. Uh, AI passes a Wharton Business School test this week. Yeah, supposedly. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not buying these stories, by the way. Well, the other one that you wouldn't buy then either is two artificial intelligent programs, including chat GPT, have passed the U.S. medical licensing exam according to two recent papers. Mm -hmm. The one thing that's really fascinating to me about this chat GPT and this AI, we knew about this AI concept for years, right? The idea of it, the the development of it, this company. Yeah, actually it goes back to the 1980s. Yeah. And with Of course, we had Watson, right? Watson was always uh, in there in the yeah, mix. And there was Watson and there, a deep blue, the chess playing yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. And there was companies down here. I, oh, now I forgot the name. This is a company that has been down here that, has promised to produce some kind of product with uh, AI slash um, VR. What is the company down here? This is a big company. And they spent billions and nobody's ever seen their product ever. Like the biggest secret in the world. Yeah. And all of a sudden, in the last, I don't know, two months, it's like a thing. It's pretty, it's pretty quick, this chat GPT, don't you think? It's pretty what? Quick. How it has been accepted, known about, newsworthy. It's getting a lot of attention. There's no doubt about it. And it does seem to have some features that are, it does seem to work in, in a lot of instances. It's a, uh, somebody had a clue. So whoever put these together, I'd say the same thing for some of the art programs. They've, uh, now this could have, I don't know what, why the, why this happened all of a sudden, because nothing like this happened in the eighties. Uh, what we came out of with the 80s was expert systems. And these are kind of expert systems, but they are directable. Yeah. Um, so that's, I don't know. I'd have to, I don't know anybody that's in the business that I could talk to or get a lecture from, but uh, there's probably some reason for this. I think a lot of it may just be raw computer powers up by a factor of, I don't know how many hundreds and thousands, maybe all it is to it. Maybe. One of the other things that they just found out that there's a paper a report that developing world people, so that, that that the people in the developing world, so emerging markets, were paid like net two dollars an hour by open AI for content moderate moderation. So I guess there was this need to have a lot of people watching all this very disturbing stuff to see what the whatever reason to train the AI on a lot of this stuff that's out there on the web, right? Not only necessarily like a clockwork orange to, to, you know, keep their eyes open and to watch this stuff, but to pay them to watch a lot of things. And inside of that was some very disturbing things with like uh, bestiality and all sorts of other weird stuff. I don't know why with the company contract with the company called Sama, S-A-M-A. -A. Now AI paid Sama $12.50 per hour to do this. And for whatever reason, push back the data and the content moderation and, 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 um, the Sama company only paid uh, their workers like $2 an hour. And now a lot of them are needing like 
psychological interventions. Weird story. That's a look into this. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the diamond miners, right? Blood diamonds. The blood diamonds of technology. Well, maybe. I'll look into that, will you? So yeah, it, it, I don't know why OpenAI has got anything to do with this, but okay. Maybe it's just now the, the slam factor is coming in because they got so big so fast. Maybe. Uh, you know, somebody gets really popular in the in the world, and what happens? First thing is rape charges. There's things, abuse, right? Drug well, charges. The first thing, when, as soon as it happens, they're charging, what, $42 a month to use chat GPT? It seems high. It's going to be for the premium version. Supposedly yeah, you get, pre- what's the premium version do? Um, I think you get more features, whatever that means, and also less problematic with regard to, uh, I guess there's some glitchiness going on. So you think, oh, so if I don't pay, I get the glitches? Well, they fix it. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I've said. When I read the article, I'm like, huh? Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd go back to the story about fake meat because fake well, meat. Oh, you you love the fake meat. Well, well you're the, the, the chef, so you you would be upset by this. Well, I tasted it a few times. It was disgusting. The I pe- see, I, you, you, you're way ahead of me. Well, I've never tasted it, and I don't intend to. Well, because well, you rely on me for that. You rely on me for that. Yes, you do a good job. <clears throat> it was, it was, it was, it was, it, I took a, I, I took a whopper, impossible whopper. I cut into four parts. I had three other people with me. I took a bite of it. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I can't do this. So here's interesting. You have to do a blind. Maybe. You can't Maybe. do it that way. Right. That's a good point. You'd have to have a real whopper and a pea whopper, and you'd cut off of all of them together, and you have them side by side. And then you, to make it even more of a blind test, you should actually have a blindfold on, so you can't notice the look. That it's going to look slightly different. And you have to eat the thing with a blindfold on, the real whopper and the pea whopper, and and then you can make a judgment because you're already predisposed to 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 hate it. Well, since you're so like good at the rules and stuff. Why don't you do it? <laughs> you know? Since I know the scientific method yeah. so well. Right, right. Um, so this is now being said in a lot of circles and a lot of news items that, you know, it's a fad now. They, I they, think it is. I think it yeah. was a fad from the beginning. Right, right. But before it was a trend. It was a thing. It was, you know, what really going to help the world. And, you know, these, these terrible animals that are farting all the time and passing gas and the greenhouse gases and the emissions and the 40% and the global warming and the heat, you know, that whole thing, right? Yeah, methane. Right, they're still on this tack, but now there's a new way to get fake meat that's real meat but fake meat, okay? <clears throat> now what's happening is something called cultivated meat. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah. This is really freaking gross. So it's derived from a small sample of cells. Already I'm gagging a little bit here. Uh, it's derived <laughs> seriously. It's derived from a small sample of cells collected from livestock, which is then fed nutrients. So I, I, I guess you, what you do is you you take these cells, you put them in a, in a gigantic steel vessel called a bioreactor, and I guess you put some kind of nutrient in there, like maybe I don't know, but it's probably disgusting looking, and it's processed into something that that looks and tastes. <laughs> like a real cut of meat. Now, I don't oh, know. Oh, I'm sure it does. I don't know how you're going to get me a picanha out of that out of that bioreactor, unless it's the fat cap on it and stuff. I don't know how that's exactly going to go. No way. No. But they have like a chicken. Company is, is, is there's a couple companies that do chicken. Because chicken you can kind of get away with. It's just a white, if you think about well, it. Well, you know, like a chicken McNugget, for example. Yeah. Do we know that's not made in a lab? It sure seems like I love chicken McNuggets. Well, back yeah. in the day, I did. When they, fir- I remember when they first came out. I will tell yeah, you this. You should go try them now. You know, I've been doing this for the other for the No Agenda show for probably uh, two or three years. I go to McDonald's quarterly. I don't do it often, and probably you know maybe twice a year. But quarterly, I try to do go to McDonald's and try their products. And it, I'm at the point now where I can't even eat any of them. It's no good. And that good French fries they used to make like 20 years ago, they, 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 that, that was oh. disappeared off the face of the earth. I can't remember. Seriously, I cannot remember the last time that I had a fast food meal. I, I just, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I had today, though. I'll just let you know. I had a $5 chicken today. What, from Costco? Yes, I did. 
Yeah, I get those once in a while. Right. right. Yeah, it's five Maybe. bucks. And you know that I have a, I told you my theory about how to buy those. Uh, of course. I, 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 I stared. I got eye level. You waited. I got, you le- have to wait. I, yep. I got eye level and I waited to find that one chicken that touched the top. Yeah. The chickens that touched the top of that container are the ones you want because they're perfectly cooked and they're also a little bigger. They do a lot of chickens there. Yeah. There's usually in a batch of chickens they bring out, I'd say there's two or three that touch the top. I did. I watched it. So uh, chicken is a big thing now. Singapore so far is the only country in the world that has approved the product for retail sale. Now, they eat some mm. strange things around in in, uh, in Asia, I will tell you that. Well, since you're bringing that up, we should talk about the EU and its uh, approving and encouraging people using cricket flour in regular bread. You know, cricket and, flour, it sounds like okay, but it's really just, it, it, it's ground up crickets. Yeah, it's crickets. It's, it's like, cricket, you know, it's it's cricket not like grind. It's flour. It's cricket grind. It, yeah, ground crickets. That's all it is. So it turns out that, I was reading about this, and it turned out that Finland had already played with this. They've experimented with cricket flour in their baked goods three years ago. And it didn't take, I think it took like a year, a year and a half where they just, the public rejected it and it's already, so it's come and gone. And, and meanwhile, the EU, not paying attention, decides to do this trick, but no one's going to, this is a disaster. Nobody wants crickets, cricket, ground cricket in their donut. Have you ever eaten bugs? No, I'm not a bug eater. My daughter does. I've I've had bugs. I've eaten uh, termites right from the mound in Costa Rica, which is uh, called the Red Bull of the, of the forest, and they, they taught us that if you ever get, um, you know, lost in the forest, like if somehow on this planned tour, if I got lost or something like that, you know, uh, and I couldn't get back to my air-conditioned motor coach, that I should eat the crick- the uh, termites from the mound, I guess, you know, in case I got really hungry. Um, in uh-huh. uh, certain parts of, of, of China, they have jars full of, uh, of uh, hot, spicy ants. Yeah, I have I've those. seen these things. I've had... Um, like this pulpa thing, which, by the way. Well, disgusting. I think I've, I mean, I've talked about I've accidentally eaten ants. Well, and, yeah, but uh, you haven't purposely. Like, I went out and I bought a I bag of I haven't gone and, and met, had a meal of ants or grubs. Grubs, that's what it was. Grubs are disgusting because they're like... They're like grubs. That's why they, oh. they are disgusting. Oh. A fish will eat them. It's like a little Twinkie. It's gross. It's just disgusting. With It's like a rubber Twinkie. I, I don't want it. You're making me sick. <laughs> All right, Yellen is uh, staking her legacy. Wants to totally revamp the IRS and the U.S. Treasury Secretary. She said this Sunday she's uh, going to be rebuilding the IRS would be one of her top priorities in coming years. She told what Reuters. What does that even mean? What? Yeah, you know, I've been hearing this all my life, and I'm old. The IRS are going to do this. Yes. They're going to do that. They're going to revamp it. They're going to change it. They're going to take the loopholes out. They're going to put the loopholes in. They're going to get rid of it completely. Uh, and put a big giant sales tax on everything, which I would think would be kind of amusing. Which is, by the way, right after they finish revamping the post office. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they could take a time. But they said uh, in an interview on a way to Zambia, just on her, you know, going to Zambia, she was thrilled that Congress has approved $80 billion in new funding to help the agency reduce a huge backlog of tax returns and better hunt down $600 billion in unpaid taxes. So there you are there. No, I don't have any unpaid taxes. Yeah, no, neither do I. Nope, absolutely not. Um, there's a couple of charts and links I put on this. This is actually for people that like to to track and see price of commodities in real time, as well as historically, as well as, um, what else did I do here? Oh, inflation numbers. There's a bunch of links there. Uh, could you go down to where it says inflation there? See below it says inflation? Below Jamie Diamond? Yeah, I see it. So uh, Zimbabwe is still running hot. Uh, inflation is right. running at about 243% per year. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, the Fed interest rate. You think that 4% is something that's a little tough? They got a 200% Fed interest rate there. Hmm. And here's the most amazing part, which I don't understand. A mere 5% unemployment rate. Does that, that seem is right? Odd. How, how does that happen? I don't know. I think the numbers are a little screwy. Speaking about numbers being screwy, we know that the CPI is being messed with. 
CPI is going to be changing for the next. Oh yeah, yeah, they do that to fix things. So that'll every, stop every. That'll stop the inflation. Yeah, exactly. John Williams from Shadow Stats will be my guest this week. This next week coming on the Discipline Investor podcast to discuss just this topic. Oh, he's a good guy. Yep. Let's see. We're almost running out of time. Do we have anything else here? Debt limit. We talked about class action. Uh, I just got my check from Equifax, $5.52. Wells Fargo, if you had an account between 2011 and 2022, you can get some money. Make sure you get um, whatever notification, if not contact the bank. Oh, I'm going to have to do that. We have a couple of accounts there. And finally, I thought this was really interesting. Citigroup has discriminated against the firearms sector. The office of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton said, making a decision that has the effect of halting the bank's ability to underwrite most municipal bond offerings in the state. In 2021, Texas enacted this 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 bill, this 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 thing that prohibited government contracts with entities that discriminate against the firearms industry. So their desig- city is now designated an SB19 discriminator and uh, now can't uh, write any of the bonds. Lost that business. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think about that. It's, it's so that, Well, what's interesting about that is that obviously um, that, that, that Texas really has that, that that could be a precedent on, on all sorts of things. Don't get too excited about Texas. Like, yeah, don't take away our firearms and don't say anything bad about our firearms. You know what? You better be careful because that kind of thing can get into other areas that would you're not going to like so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. All right, let's get to the game. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. All right, what do you got? Take it. Well, I got uh, my little pick from last uh, show, the show 638, Clear Channel's up 16% in one week. Yeah, it's actually finished up today, at the end of the day, up 17.3. I said that to you a little bit early. Your Electrocore is uh, uh, up 17.6%. Yeah, it's another penny. That's another cheapie, 34 cents to 40 cents. (laughs) Moderna came off, Foot Locker came off, a short. Um, Crane Shares, short is flat. So we got Chinese. The shorts here. aren't working. No, but they got they got to work now. So we got uh, something. I need something. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I do think something. We should put something on here. I'll put. You know what? I'll put. I'll put. Uh, I'll put Wayfair back on here. Well, it's down a six percent already today. Wayfair, yeah, you should put it on there. I'm gonna put Netflix. I'm, gonna... I'm putting Netflix. Oh, you. Well, that's risky. It's a short. Yeah. All right. I'm not putting anything on here. Um, Netflix short yeah. going in, going in hot. Daddy, that's, why don't you put Tesla on there while you're at it? Oh, good idea. He, I mean, let's see what's going to happen with this whole ridiculousness of this trial. What a con man. What a con man. Well, yeah, he actually, yeah, that might not be a bad short. I, I'll I'll go with the Tesla. You can stick with the other one. All right, TSLA, you're going short. And yeah, well, this bull crap. I mean, he was... I don't know that he's a con man. I think he's just cavalier. I because I don't think he meant to do anything other than goof around. Yeah, but uh, but what he did is not legal. For, uh, it's not legal. But he, there was a bunch of things he was doing. I think that weren't legal, and he was doing them. You remember the time we did this on the show a long time ago, where one of the athletes kept pumping and dumping in yeah. public using yeah. Twitter. Yeah. No, but nobody ever did anything about it. Right. The thing is that that I will tell you though, uh, from a selfish standpoint, I got caught up in that four twenty. I was short, and I lost money on that. Mm. So um, I have a little bone to pick with that. But aside from that, I've made plenty of money on Tesla. Aside from that, but the point is that 
what he did, I thought was egregiously uh, wrong. So, what is yeah, I think so too, but I don't think he was aware of it at the time. I really honestly think he was just well. Cavalier. First of all, so so did do you think that he used four twenty because it was the pot? It was ha 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 because he yeah. said he, well he says he didn't. It was the yeah, real price. That's bull crap. He's, he I'm saying funny. He says I had the price and all this, and I was really going to take it. I was going to use SpaceX, and people really don't really shouldn't listen to me anyway. I didn't. How about this? Do you remember the timing of when that was that he was trying to make a stand against the short sellers? That he's going to crush the short sellers? Yeah, yeah. How come nobody's brought that up? Well, maybe they will. Yeah, it's not right. The whole thing's not right. All right. Well, well he'll, 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 he won't do it again. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. We're gonna end it right there. I'll see you next week. All right. See you Tuesday. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.